0: Inking, writing, laughing, crying, sketching, drawing, then more crying, trying, crying, feeling it out. Welcome to Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor. I'm Kyle. Oh, I'm by myself today. (laughs) Uh, I am uh, all alone. Connor is on a uh, excursion to the Far East, um, to uh, a peacekeeping mission of sorts, to... He's 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 just he's just not available tonight. So uh, I'm going to be doing this one solo on feeling it out. I'm Kyle, as I mentioned, your host. I am a uh, writer, producer, podcaster with anxiety, uh, with generalized anxiety disorder and depression. Um, and Connor is an artist, a comic book artist who most recently. Well, we're in the process of it, but if you're listening to this podcast, you're well aware about spell slinger and token studios and all of that i held it i held it in my hands everybody today we got uh an issue of it from amazon and it's not perfect uh connor had to give them some like feedback and notes and stuff but we're so close we're so close and maybe i'm a little bit closer to feeling like i'm a part of that (laughs) i'm looking forward for connor to hear this because uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I say it a lot, and I'm starting to believe it, but um, Spellslinger is Connor's thing. He's been working on it for such a long time, for, God, obviously way, way longer than I've known him. I've only known him for like uh, not even a full calendar year, I don't think. And he's been working on Spellslinger, I think, since high school, maybe college, but... Uh, and so he... <laughs> Listen, in the book, he's in the inside cover, he lists me as producer. Like, he keeps wanting me to say that I am a comic book producer, that I'm a published comic producer. And I don't, I still don't even know what that means. But uh, I don't know if I'll ever, maybe that's just like, maybe that's my anxiety and depression, or just my depression, or yeah, a mix of the two that I just don't want to accept that I'm just helping him out. I just saw a really cool idea that my friend had. And frankly, it was so cool that I wanted to make sure that it happened. I, I didn't want whatever he was working on to, to, to just fade away. Like so many things that I've done and I've made that I uh, like half projects and never really go anywhere or do anything. Like, uh, I swear, it's happened, it's been like three or four. Times that I've tried to do this, I've tried to put together a, like, puppet theater, and this is totally different from the puppet videos that I've mentioned on the show before, with popsicle stick stuff, and no, uh, I have tried multiple times to try to, to like fabricate my own puppet theater. And I'm not talking about like a, a couple of three, uh, what are they called? Like foldable poster board things that you use for science fairs or whatever. No, I'm talking about something huge, like giant pieces of cardboard tall enough that like in a perfect world, I would be able to stand with my arm up above my head, holding a puppet. And you still wouldn't be able to see my arm which is such a huge ask because I am like six feet tall and I've tried this in so many ways and it's hard. And at the end of it, it's just a set. I don't really have the content. <laughs> and, and if I'm really like being completely honest, it's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of lifting the idea from the f- uh, Fun Day pop show that I don't even know if it exists anymore, but even if it doesn't, like what's wrong with that? Uh, creation coming from a place of admiration <laughs> rather than uh, is the word I'm choosing instead of plagiarism um, but but if that's if that's the source of inspiration then so be it I, <laughs> I, I I hope Connor can be what I've been for him. I hope he can be my producer for that puppet theater someday. <laughs> um, yeah but uh, Spellslinger is an amazing product and I'm so grateful to be a part of it, but that's all I feel. I feel like I'm a, I mean, I don't, I should feel like a part, but I feel like a very, like just helpful part. I don't feel like I deserve to be on the inside cover of this thing. He's gotten like 99%. If this was like a race around the track, he got 99% of the way there. And I just like, cheered him on from the sideline at the last second and was like, yeah, Connor. And I gave him his second wind and then he crossed the finish line. But when he tells it, he makes it sound like I was, I like threw him this life preserver and, and, uh, uh, got his website going. It's not like he was like struggling with it or like he, he had a plan. I just saw his plan realized where like his unconfidence was and saw myself fitting in there to just make this happen to support my friend and maybe that's all it is i don't know maybe maybe that's all being a producer is is being in a position where you have the means to help people friends or otherwise make things that you really like And that kind of makes sense. I don't know if it's on purpose or because I'm stubborn or I'm stupid or I'm just living in the moment all the time, but I still have yet to do any kind of uh, investigative research about what a producer is, what a producer does. God, like there's the PGA, the Producers Guild of America, I think is what that stands for. And I haven't looked up what the prerequisites are for that. That would probably be a good first step. There's like people I know who uh, I don't think I know anyone who themselves call calls themselves a producer. But I know people who know people who call themselves producers. There's there's all these avenues that I could educate myself. And for whatever reason, I haven't. And it makes for good content. (laughs) My musings on what a producer is like, that would make sense when when you hear like Bloomhouse uh productions, uh what is his name? Eric? Eric Bloomhouse? Donnie Bloomhouse? Whatever. Mr. Bloomhouse himself is the uh producer on well, probably not anymore, but he was the producer on like every movie that came out of there. Uh Eric Bloomhouse or whatever, uh, is producing all of these movies and has the the same like they all just seem like not my, that they're made by the same person but that they would all generally be enjoyed by uh, a a kind of person and maybe that's what a producer is is like <laughs> hey it's feeling it out I'm going to be honest I feel like I have good taste <laughs> like I'll use spellslinger as an example that I I feel like I know good quality when i see it in movies and people in tvs like i'm a judgmental person whether or not i act on it is another issue but uh, i can't help but uh just like i don't like hold them up against each other it's just like an innate it's an innate uh feeling inside that uh, i can't put into words which is great for a podcast but uh I feel like I have good taste, <laughs> whatever that means. However arrogant that is, I'm feeling pretty confident right now on feeling it out. So, uh, bear with me. And so when Connor like told me about Spellslinger and then gave me the first few, uh, gave me the first issue of it, and then we talked about it again, and he finally would like broached the idea of like. Like I I I had been talking about it so much and every time we sat down to talk about it, I like really tried to show how much of a good idea this is, just not like not just in the plot, but in in the theming and the art, just everything, you guys. I'm not even trying to play it up as like like this isn't brought to you by Spellsinger. You can't buy the damn thing yet. but <laughs> you can read the first few issues on Token Studios. That's the only plug I'll give. Um, but it's he's really good, it's really good and i i feel like that skill comes it i like people people can like or not like things some people take that skill and they become like critics and uh I just learned this as a thing when the uh uh Pulitzer prize for criticism. <laughs> Uh, For just being a really good critic. And here I was like uh, getting down on myself for the gory days. Like, oh, man, critiquing other people's creativity isn't contributing anything. But here are people winning the GD Pulitzer Prize. Uh, Pulitzer? Pulitzer? (laughs) And so I guess other people take that skill and turn it into making, uh, making ideas, realities that like someone comes to you with a short film pitch or a script or, uh, goddamn like, uh, a cocktail napkin. And for whatever reason you trust that person or you have a relationship with them, uh, or they have a, um, reputation that you know, or just something magic clicks and you have to work with this person and you have to do whatever you can to try to make their life easier so that this thing can become real. I'm, I don't think I'm lying to myself when I say like, I, I am not concerned about the, the like money aspect of it. I want it to be successful because it deserves to be successful. Maybe, maybe that's being obtuse. Maybe I've gone a few steps beyond, but, um, I don't know. It's been a weird, it's been a weird week without going into specifics. I got really close to running out of my medication. Um, so I am very fortunate to have found a per I want to say perfect, but a concoction of medication that, uh, works for me That, that concoction. Geez, That makes it sound like a cocktail, like taking 16 meds, which is not the case, but is also not a problem. If, a person needs to take a great many meds to get to the same place that, uh, they get to a place where they want to be. That's totally fine. I'm fortunate that I have found that as well and that it's only two pills. Um, I take one for my anxiety and one for my depression and the one for my depression is uh much much more important it's an ssri called selexa or citalopram uh shout out to my selexa citalopram fam out there what what <laughs> got to get those uh serotonin took. <laughs> um yeah i ran out of my i uh was very close to running out of my ssris um i had four pill no i had two pills <sighs> No, it doesn't matter. I, I had a few fills left and uh, I like tried to refill it at the pharmacist and they said, oh, your doctor hasn't approved refills. You're going to have to call them. So I realized that I was supposed to set up an appointment like, like three months ago and uh i just totally forgot about it and i guess he was super nice to give me an, my doctor my psychiatrist uh was nice enough to give me a, like another uh refill but at some point for when i didn't uh, sign up for the uh, follow up appointment but i was out i was out and uh i tried to explain that to the doctor's office and so they said yeah yeah you're going to have to see him first and so i realized oh god i only have a few pills i sp- I split them in half. Have you ever done this? Has this ever happened to you? Where you run out of pills and you realize okay, if I just split these in half then i'll i won't be out like i won't be uh, going through withdrawals necessarily i'll just uh i'll just be at half mast and uh, i'll just be at half speed and uh it'll it'll be okay so yeah the last couple of days uh i want to say thursday friday saturday sunday and then finally i got my pills on monday uh it was weird you know, it's it's a funny thing it's a funny thing you think in my position, when it's been so long since you've run out and you've found such a nice, like s- stable, a, ni- a nice stability, it's like uh not familiarity breed's contempt, but like you don't know how good you have it till it's gone. You start to take it for granted. like I, I you forget it's like when you get sick. Like you get the cold or something and you just don't remember what it feels like to not be sick again. And you convince yourself, well, I guess this is how I'll feel for the rest of my life. And then by the time you get healthy again, you don't – you're not valuing it anymore because it's been so long, uh, the recovery process. It's similar – when i knew i was going to run out of pills i very stupidly i think this sometimes the last time i ran out of them i thought the same thing i think oh this will be fun i wonder what'll happen now that i'm uh, out of pills i wonder what i'll be like i wonder if i'll be a little like crazy <laughs> and it's um it's uh not not fun it's not as fun uh things like get muddled and fuzzy for me specifically. uh, It's hard to connect to uh, feelings and ideas and where that would be like, (laughs) it's funny. It's, you know, one man's one person's trash is another person's treasure for me being hazy and uh, unable to like connect to feelings uh, makes me really uncomfortable and depressed whereas you know other people may be experiencing the exact opposite and need to come to a place where they're not connecting and are a little more hazy and stuff um there's no per i mean that's that's the nature of the entire uh in profession and industry of psychiatry i'm really 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 lucky that i mean i'm lucky now it's been a long time coming to this point and trying a few different meds along the way luckily uh Selexa was there like first and has never really gone anywhere. But now for my anxiety, I take, I think Lamictal or Lamitrogen, whatever my Lamictal fam what up hundred grams, <laughs> um, is supposed to be, I re- I looked it up at one point and I guess it's supposed, it's usually used in treatment of schizophrenia, but, uh, it can all in smaller doses, much smaller doses. It can, it's seen results in treating generalized anxiety, um, which I've experienced, um, so I, I highly vouch for it. But when I when I read that, I was like, "Oh, this is the last thing I needed to know." <laughs> As I'm taking medication to lessen my anxiety, it's apparently medication that they give to the really stressed out people, the people that are really suffering. And uh, I don't think I was that far along. But if I was a hypochondriac, I might have fallen uh, deep, deep into a, um, a uh, mystery. <laughs> i'm trying to use pc language and it's hard (laughs) but it's fun and it's worth it all the time so i'm back on my meds and it's it's i'm still like middling out a little bit i feel like it's it's crazy like just going half half uh medication the time uh the for for those few days it's crazy what a difference that makes um and i know it definitely affected uh I saw Ali Wong recently and she's hilarious. If you haven't seen Ali Wong, she's on Netflix. She's got her two Netflix specials, baby Cobra and something else. Uh, And um, it's funny. It's the second time that I've gone to stand up where I was just depressed. And I won't go into the specifics of why, because I don't remember them in this moment, but I I'm pretty sure they had something to do with uh, something really small and tiny. Like uh, the, the, expectations or arrival yeah it was arrival time it was like trying to get there on time um i i used to think that i was like the most punctual and like really on top of like you know oh i want to be there a little bit earlier or whatever and i guess i do do that when i'm by myself but it's a really interesting thing uh when when i'm with Derek, it, it becomes something else. It's like, oh, he's going to worry about the time. And so, like, I kind of have this compulsion to be the cool one. And that just results in us being late and then fighting. And Ali Wong was hilarious, but I was in such a like down in the dumps mood and hard to shake out of it. And even as we were being escorted to will call, it was a really cool experience to go to will call felt like a celebrity. I was just staring down. I think I was just staring down at my shoes and staring down at the floor. And, uh, when we finally sat down, I wasn't really that into the opener, but uh, just like last time when we saw Rhea butcher and I was super depressed this time we saw Ali Wong and she was amazing and slowly but surely she pulled me up out of there. I don't remember what her opener was, but I remember that it was just like unlocking some of the dopamine or serotonin or whatever I had been missing, uh, for, for those last couple of days. And, uh, it really, it turned the night around for me. I mean, how could you be upset? How could you stay upset at a really good stand-up show? <laughs> Uh, so I gotta, I gotta remember that. Cause that was nice. And that was the day, that was the same day that Connor actually, uh, came over to my place. We marathoned Steven universe, uh, which is, oh my God, such an amazing show <laughs> really resonates with me. I won't belabor it, but, uh, it, it's a really great show. Um, yeah, like I said, I didn't want this to be too in depth. I just wanted to share, uh, kind of, it, it's not really an epiphany, but it's a pattern that I recognized today about, Um, my anxiety just from the advice of my psychiatrist actually to write down when and what specifically is making me anxious at the time, which I've done before I've done in the past. I've journaled. Um, I highly recommend it. It's great for just lining your thoughts up without them like bustling into each other. Like instead of a bunch of thoughts trying to bash their way through a door all at once, they're just lined up and in a nice little row and you can address them and acknowledge them as they come. Uh, At least I can. And so I enjoy that. And it was something, uh, once again, at work. I feel like a lot. (laughs) There's a pattern. One of the main patterns is a lot of my anxieties uh, uh, have to do with the office and working uh, in work environments. Uh, And in this particular instance, the pattern was when somebody asks a question to the room, I feel a compulsion to add something, anything to the conversation and the smaller, the room, the better, the less people in the room, the better. And if there is actually nothing to say to the question that's been asked to the room, I'll create something to satisfy the compulsion. Sometimes it, most of the time I feel like it adding to the conversation, but really I'm just take, I'm, I'm just filling the space out of respect. So for me, I recognize that pattern when people, like, ask the room, there's a response expected. And I put myself empathically into the questioner's shoes. And I imagine, gee, if I were the person asking the room a question, I sure would appreciate one person responding to it. (laughs) And... When no one else does within the like imagined time frame that 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 I've put on, I, I will be that person out of obligation, out of compulsion, out of respect, out of empathy. I don't know, <laughs> but I wish I didn't do that. But that's that's not what this is about. I just wanted to share that uh, pattern that I recognized that when when people ask a room to the audience or uh, ask a question to the room, I kind of like implicitly assume that they feel the way I would feel and through some you know reframing of my own I realized that that's not really the case that I don't I'm not I'm not a mind reader and even though I feel like an authority on my feelings I can't rightfully sit there and actually believe I can't rationally believe that they think exactly the way I do I'm not an advertiser. I'm not a madman. Like, I don't know how people think. I know how I think. And frankly, the way I think makes me a really empathic person. And I love me for that. And it can make me a little um, presumptive of other people's uh, reactions to stimuli (laughs) in the most, like, general terms. So in the future, I'm... Uh, this is interesting. I've never really like taken it this far of acknowledging the thing. Now I'm trying I'm going to make like a promise to myself. Okay. <laughs> Let's see how that works. In the future, I will take steps to not say anything or I will wait to be the second person to say something. Or in some, you know, like super duper rare cases if I actually have something to contribute and it would really help the conversation, then of course I can do it and I'll feel that in the moment. But I'm going to try when I feel the other thing, the the like, oh, I got to say something. I don't want them to feel bad. <laughs> like, that sounds so silly when I say it now. But in the moment, I'm going to try my hardest to remember to only uh, speak up second, if at all. Sometimes, like, they don't need anything. Maybe you can just shake your head and go like, no, no, we don't have any questions. No. <laughs> or we don't have anything to add. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This went a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> so um, I don't have anything else. Thanks for listening to Feeling It Out with Kyle and Connor. Uh, once again, I'm Kyle. Please check out uh, tokenstudios.com. That's T-O-K-K-E-N studios.com to check out Spellslinger. And uh, believe me, if you're a listener to this podcast, you'll know first when that's available to uh, check out on Amazon. Otherwise, until then, uh, I hope everybody's doing okay out there. Uh, you're actually doing a really good job. And no matter what happens, you're alive. And that's all that matters. And there's really only one way to fail at that. And you're still here. So nice. Good for you. Nice job. Have a nice one. Bye.